and welcome back, everybody, for another edition of the Heat Ratio Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Cotillo, joined by John Coker and Coach Dave Dixon. And we got a big show for you here because we got a lot of topics to talk about. We're going to talk about sports, life. Uh, we're going to go all over the map, and I'm pretty sure me and Dave are going to get into some arguments because we were already kind of testing each other off air. So let's get right into Eagles talk because we got to get right into, well, you know what? No, hold on. You know what? Before we get into the Eagles, now nah, you know what? Let, let's stick to the Eagles. Stick to the Eagles. Eagles Patriots, uh, very winnable game. Uh, absolutely embarrassing to me. Completely embarrassing. Uh, I'll give you my thoughts. I'm sure we're going to get into a, some Carson talk here, but you know, whenever, whenever you hold the Patriots to 17 points, essentially 10 points, one of the most boring games I've ever watched. Uh, there was no points scored in the last 25 minutes of the game, which was sickening. Uh, you know, Bill Belichick made an adjustment on defense. Doug Peterson couldn't adjust. We could talk about plays left on the field. We could talk about whatever you want. Uh, but I want to get back to the talk that all the excuses that are being made, whether it be for Carson Wentz, whether it be for the receivers, whether it be for the offensive line, whatever happened in 2017, we won the Super Bowl. We heard, oh, next man up, next man up. Doesn't matter, next man up. Now, all of a sudden, that next man up when he sucks – now we don't have that excuse anymore. So nobody's saying next man up. Everybody's saying they're not good enough. So my question is, well, how come they were good enough in 2017, not good enough now? Because last time I checked, Nelson Aguilar was on that team, right? Nelson Aguilar was on that team. And the other thing I want to get to is, Dave, you got to give Jim Schwartz some props. I know. Listen, I know it's tough. But Mr. Schwartz, he came to play. Okay? Defense gave the offense every opportunity. I know Tom Brady is not the quarterback he once was right now. That offense is not what it once was. Uh, very pedestrian. Some of his throws are just ridiculous. I, I, I don't – rookies make those throws. So I don't know what was going through his head. He was hit a lot. Uh, I'll give him that, which the, you know we, we talked about that last week, right? Get the Brady. Get the Brady. Uh, you know, they, they made Julian Edelman look average. I mean, the only reason why he scored is because he threw a touchdown, right? So – so many parts of the game that we could break down, but all in all, unfortunately, the game comes down to Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz essentially lost this game because it's probably, in my opinion, the worst game he's played as a pro, and I'm a Carson guy. I am, but he looked shook. He looked indecisive. Uh, some of his throws, and I, I know it was windy. I were talk about windy, but, I mean, Matt Collins got open. Say what you want. Mac Collins got open, and he couldn't hit him. Uh, you know, the, the last two minutes was horrible. Those throws to Ertz in the flat were ridiculous. They were terrible. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, the last throw, sure. We could all talk about Nelson Aguilar. It should have been a touchdown. But you know what? Let's start talking about we shouldn't have got to that point. Shouldn't have got to that point. We should have had 17 points on the, on the board already. And let's talk about also Doug, why he went away from the run again. Right? Why, why did he go away from the run? I, I don't know what's going on with this team, but something's got to give. And the last point I'm going to say, I get off this rant, let you guys speak, is everybody's talking about Boston Scott, right? So there's a reason why. Can anybody tell me the reason why Boston Scott is here on this team? Because we re-signed Darren Sproles. Okay, so let, let's get this right. I, I didn't want Darren Sproles. I love Darren Sproles. I think he's a hell of a player. He's a Hall of Famer, one of the best all-purpose backs, and we can get into that in another week and rank all-purpose backs like a Thurman Thomas or, you know, we Marshall Falk go down that route. But 
Darren Sproles was his 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 time was done, right? So that was a you know that was a loyalty signing, right? That was a that was a heartfelt signing, and what that did that kept a guy on your roster, and that stopped you from either signing another running back, or I'll tell you what, I would have rather have Wendell Smallwood in the backfield. Okay, but again, we didn't do that. Why? Because we had to have Darren Sproles. And because Darren Sproles can't play, we had to keep a practice squad player, call him up, and that's what you get when you play the Patriots, right? So that's my two cents. I don't know how you guys feel. Well, <laughs> we I, look at each other I'm, all the time. So let's freaking speak. I'm, I'm, uh, I figured Dave would be raring to go. No, I don't know. I threw a lot at him, John. No, I'm fine with it. I, I listen, during the game, I was. Just as pissed off at Carson Wentz as everybody else. But the fact of the matter is he – you want to compare him to 2017? You got to compare the whole team. You got to compare the play calling. You got to compare the people making plays. You got to compare the drop passes to the non-drop passes in 2017. And and there, that's a big – that's a big, big difference. These guys are not making plays for him. The play calling is not the same. You said it yourself. Why do we get away from the running game? If your three best players right now on offense are Goddard, Ertz, and and um, Miles Sanders, they need to be on the field 85 to 90% of the time, and those guys need to be making plays. The other guys are pedestrian because they're pedestrian. That's what they are. Yep. And, and why only one shot down the field and they got a penalty called on it? And we don't, and we don't go back to the, something cl- remotely close to that. You gave Bill Belichick an opportunity to to come in the halftime and then make adjustments. He said, "Okay, I'm not going to let Zach Ernst beat me. Go throw whoever else you want to throw to." And uh, yep. we didn't dink and dunk. No, nope. we didn't drop the ball off to Miles Sanders. We didn't do a screen pass. Everybody wants to blame Carson. I'm fine with that because guess what? Carson needs to throw the ball away. When he got smashed in the head, that's his fault. He's a big idiot for getting hit. You're not supposed to get hit. You see the 42-year-old over there, the reason why he's playing as long as he is? Because he gets rid of the football. And this is the why, and I know you hated saying this, <laughs> but this is why people foreseen comparing Carson Wentz to Nick Foles because Nick Foles got rid of the football. That's Carson Wentz is the better quarterback. I told you that before, sitting here talking to you. But Nick Foles plays the position a little better than Carson that's the fact. I'm sorry to say it. That's that's a fact. Carson is a better quarterback. He has better ability, but he doesn't play the position better. That's a, it's. I know it sounds funny, but it's, it's a little bit of a difference. Go back to what you said about Doug Peterson. Okay. Why in the world would you – I've only coached a little bit of football in my life. Why would you, with the two new tackles in there, Keep that man in the pocket. Yes. I, Why I, wouldn't you roll? He's a, he's athletic. Yep. I'm not saying he's Allen Iverson. I was thinking the same thing. Or Russell Wilson, for that matter. Why wouldn't you move the pocket, get him out, let him move his feet if he has to? I'm a high school football coach. I, I, I'm looking at this game saying, do the same thing. Just do it. He doesn't do it. That's a problem. I'm telling you, and we talk about it, and I, and I know people will agree. It's, there's a problem this year and last year from top all the way down to bottom. Uh, I, I agree. And, and guess what? The players know it, too. Yes. The players know it. You mean to tell me not going to get Amari Cooper, not going to get Clowney, Fitzpatrick? You know what Fitzpatrick's doing in Pittsburgh? <laughs> I know you two know. Hell yeah. 
Could have had him for nothing. I know. Get rid of Malcolm next year. He could have filled in safety, no problem. There's, there's. It's more than just Carson Wentz. Oh, I get it. It's more than Carson, and I'm okay with blaming Carson because until Carson learns how to get rid of the football, you he should be blamed. That's you're four years in the NFL, son. Get rid of the football. You want to keep getting hit? You don't want to play football for us. That's that's what I'll tell you. Dave gave him a son. I like it. You don't want to. Here's here's how personal I'll get. If you can't learn to get rid of the ball, then you don't have the ability to learn. That's that's where I'm at. You prove to me that you're being coached a certain way because I've seen another quarterback play this position in the same program. He gets rid of the football. You don't. What's the problem? You know, it's pretty funny. And, John, I'm sorry. I, before, before I get to you, it's pretty funny you say about getting rid of the football. You know I'm not a Foles guy, okay? I get it. I see what you're saying. And, and, and let me also say, did you see his press conference? Who? 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 Uh, Dick Foles. No. He was to, uh, do yourself a favor. And, and I actually, I, I, I had a man crush on a guy for about five minutes because I mean he was talking about you know his team is his ministry and his locker. Like it was, it was deep, dude. It was really deep. But the funny thing is, you talk about getting rid of the ball sooner, and you talk about making the quick reads. And you remember what game was it when Carson got knocked out and Josh McCown came in? I was a I was a pre uh, no no it was against Detroit okay I think it was against Detroit I, I don't know who it was against but he came in yeah right and he got rid of the ball quick marched him right down the field he did and I'm not saying and, and, and listen I believe me for, for anybody listening I I'm not sitting here condoning you you know put Josh McCown and that's not not what I'm talking about what I'm saying is the style so my issue is when you know that you have to get you know you have a different style of quarterback why can't you brace the game plan around him if you're that good enough of a coach especially if it's your franchise quarterback that's that's what i don't understand so here here, i'm going to try i'm not going to try and play like i'm an offense coordinator and nfl level breaking down films but this is what you're probably better than mike grow this is what i'll tell you though you have natural progressions in each play right right so you're option one you're option two i'm option three in this play, and you have to have an internal ticker. This is every coach in the NFL teaches this of every quarterback, and it has to be boom, boom, boom. And what Carson does is he doesn't go boom, boom, boom. He goes boom, boom, boom. It's not like this. It's not quick and decisive. That's why Nick Foles and McCown, they don't want to get hit, right? So that's why their progressions are quicker because Carson still thinks – I don't need to go that rapid fire because I can move my feet. He's not – and that is something that's on him. It's coached the same way to every quarterback. That's on the player. Now what's on the coach is to pull him out of the game when he doesn't do what he's taught. That's that's where I'm at with this guy. Decisions. What about you, John? What coach you Dave's yanking Wentz. I know. You hear him? He's yanking Wentz from the game. He, he, he pulled a son. He's yanking Wentz. He's all over it. Wait till we start to the McNabb talk. He's probably going to lose his hat. <laughs> <laughs> look, I look. the Eagles got some good pressure on Brady. Yes, they um, did. Wentz didn't hit his passes. I mean, that's uh, he, he's just not getting the ball where he needs it to be. You know, you got you to gotta take it with – he hasn't looked good this year, period, but this was the number one defense in the league. All right, arguably. All right, you look at what they've done against the pass. He could have 
overcome that number one defense and won the game had he been sharper. You know, I don't know if he's pressing too hard, which may be the case, but the the team is not fluid, and there's a no. lot of things that are different. And I'll tell you what, offensive coordinator to me is number one in this whole fluidity of the team and the way the offense is running. Um, but it was nice to see him get a pass rush. Of course, they didn't stick to the run. Typical, uh, don't, t- don't t- get it. Typical Eagles game. I mean, granted, you were down Jordan Howard, but still, yeah. you you still gotta, especially in a in a game that's that close, and you know what the Patriots have done against the pass. You're down all those receivers. Hey, it, like you gotta like, force it. Like, well, and like Coach Dave said, look, if you're holding, or I don't know if you said it, Tone, if you're holding the Patriots to 17 points, you know what I mean. Yeah, you, you got to come up with more. You got to you got to establish the run. At no point should you have abandoned the run in that game. I agree. You know what I mean, I completely agree. And what's funny is about the run, like you say that, John, when you stick to things. And even though you're down, because Miles Sanders did go out of that game in the second half, he did go to the tent. He did go to the tent. Uh, I think it was this, you know, it was another head injury, but he was clear to come back. He only got the ball four times in the second half, four times. So my point to both of you is you make a good point. You told about the play calling. So here's my thing. In 2017, there was times, and I know you guys remember, when Nelson Aguilar was lined up as a running back. And there was times, just like a Cordell Patterson, that they handed the ball off to Aguilar and let him run because he's probably the fastest guy on the team. So where's that? Where's those kind of, you know, when you know you're down Jordan Howard. Offensive and you know, right? coordinator. So, it, it, you know, put – some wrinkles in the game plan. You know, Dallas Goddard, guess what? You heard, a not, you know, who did that game? Do you remember? Who who, who did the Patriots game? Uh, for us? Yeah. Tony, it, was, it was Tony Romo. That was Romo. That's and, it. Um, and Romo was gushing over Dallas Goddard. Gushing over him. And, 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 you know, and that's a national audience, a guy who doesn't watch Dallas every day. Who's got, So why is he not? involved more you know what you have you have to devise your game plan based on who you have i mean listen the new england patriots they played this year without Julian edelman with no tight end with no running back and they're eight and one right there, there's a you know not or they, they're probably what nine and one now eight one nine and nine one whatever nine. so that's my issue i you know w- one of my issues but this still has to come down you dave you're saying yank carson Right. No, no, I'm not saying no, that. No, 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 I mean, no, I'm saying if he doesn't, I'm not saying right now, I'm saying like if he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, and, and we talked about getting the ball, and we're talking about foals, but my question is, and, you know, and, and we might as well get into this now, because we're only 15 minutes into this program, that I, I asked this on social media today, we got over 300 votes that came in, okay, and I specifically asked, because I brought up on this show last week, I start thinking about the McNabb talk, and what I mean by that is when McNabb came into this league, he had zero at the wide receiver position to work with. Zero. The biggest free agent signing was James Thrash from the Washington Redskins. You drafted Todd Pinkston. Okay. You drafted guys like Nate Brown. You drafted, you had Chad Lewis, the journeyman at tight end. Okay. You had guys at running back. Okay. Because, and I'm going to get to this. There's a lot of people on social media were giving me the running game was awesome. First of all, let's go back. Okay, I'm going to name you four guys. Dorsey Levens. Dorsey Levens. Reno Mahe. Donnell Autry. And Deuce Staley. 
Duke Staley was good, wasn't mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Okay, McNabb had a luxury when he got B West, but we're talking five years down the road. Right. Okay, but when McNabb came in, they were a top ten offense with James Thrash, Todd Pinkston, and Chad Lewis. So my question to everybody, okay, I put a vote out there, right? I said, who would you rather throw to, Pinkston and Thrash? or Aguilar and Jordan Matthews. But essentially the vote to me, and a lot of people said Thrash and Pinkston, which I think is ridiculous because guess what? I remember, I remember when we would kill James Thrash and Todd Pinkston and fall down Chad Lewis, okay, and, you know, twinkle toes to all Autry in the backfield, okay? We were killing them, but somehow McNabb made it work. Two things, the play calling, and the quarterback. So my question is, how come Carson can't make it work? And that's and I'm sorry. Listen, Dave, I know you're talking about the drops, okay? But here's my thing. We've also been told, uh, I think me and John got into it because we were in disagreement, but we've also been told that Zach Ertz is an elite tight end, okay? So if Zach Ertz is an elite tight end, he's better than the tight end Donovan McNabb had. Mm-hmm. So why cannot Carson replicate the success that McNabb had with the same average, actually below average, receivers. And you can't give me, I know some people said to me, drop, drop, bullshit with the drops. Because that team, they drop passes too. Pinkston dropped a ton. Let's go replay that that NFC Championship game against when he got shut out against Carolina. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that if you're top 10 in the NFL for receiving, for offense, you're not dropping passes. You don't drop passes if you're top ten. You don't drop more than what we have this year. But that's the only excuse. That you no, can't no. Keep going I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you one. Okay. I, I, I'll give you a narrative to go with. Give you one, man, because I need it. Because I don't want. I, I, Con, Con, Carson Wentz isn't the leader that everybody thinks he is. Donovan McNabb held that locker room together, and they played for Donovan a little more than they're playing for Carson Wentz. I I, that's I, I wouldn't that, disagree with that. That's something that you can't see, like physically see it, but you're thinking it. Everybody's thinking it. Anybody that knows the league and knows our Eagles are thinking it. When they watch the play and the ball goes in and out of receivers' hands and we're not making plays, there's got to be something to that. There's got to be something to they don't play for this guy. You know who said it? Um, I think it was on national TV. It was um, Kellerman. Max Kellerman? I think I think Max said one day he was talking about it. It just seemed that they don't want to play for Carson. Uh, now, Max, don't get mad when you listen to this. No, Max. I don't want to quote. I don't, I, I mean, if I misquoted you, I apologize. Max is, a, a, Max is an avid listener every uh, week. So, um, <laughs> I don't I – don't, that's the only intangible. There's there's things about being a leader that people follow, whether they like you or not. They they follow you and they play for you and they do things for you. Whether you're you're a leader at work, whether you're a leader in your household, whatever it is, for whatever reason, these guys don't seem to play for Carson. I agree. They're not making plays. They're not every team that we played against so far. You've seen other receivers come down with catches. Receivers that nobody knows except for John because he's on their fantasy sheet. (laughs) 
that are making plays. They're make, like, we're like, why can't our receivers make that play? How come? How come Nelson Aguilar can't catch that ball? In the, Nelson Aguilar has dropped three touchdown passes, that, and two of them could have won games for this team. Drops. Uh, I can't disagree with that. Well, that was that was his uh, thing his first year in the league, and uh, he, you know, and then he had uh, he had a hell of a season the next year. Expectations are back high, and he's still the guy that everybody was booing two years ago. I mean, people are all over the map with this, right? And I, I get to react. I read some of these comments that we got, right? So this is from uh, Lost My Mojo, Philly local guy. He writes, this is the type of disingenuous nonsense that I live for. Pretends that, number one, 2017 never happened where Wentz, where Wentz led the team to a 10-2 record and would be MVP. Never said that. I understand that. Completely agree. Donovan McNabb didn't have a defense that had Dawkins, Douglas, Taylor, Vincent, Trotter, Simon on defense. Listen, Brent, I, 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 you know, a lot of people kept saying, I'm not disputing they had a better defense. I'm talking about specifically the offensive side of the ball. They were just not successful because of their defense. They had to make plays. They went into those NFC Championship games a better offensive team than any of the teams they played, than any of them, with garbage at the receiver position. So I don't even want to hear that, okay? They caught the ball more consistently. Then five got a stud, and look what happened. Get it, that stud to you. I understand that. But did they really catch the ball more consistently? Did they really? You have to look at the numbers. I, I, I really don't think they did. I don't think we lived in that era. They didn't. They didn't. It's simple. I take Pinkston, Thrash, and Fred X over this embarrassing receiver group any day of the week. Carson's trying to throw the ball to players that can't even create separation. That's from uh, John Bodak at J Bodak ninety two. Here's the thing about that: those guys couldn't create separation either. Okay, let's go back, watch the Tampa game, go back, watch watch Jake DeLome tear us up with the Carolina game, right? Hey, remember the corner? Remember the corner who stole who stole Pinkston's lunch money? Danny Manning. Seriously, Danny Manning was killing him. Got a big free agent deal in Chicago and sucked, right? Todd Pinkston. Okay, stop. Um, last one I'll read. Uh, let's see. Those McDab teams all also had top five defenses that held most teams 17 points. Unless I get it. I'm not talking about the defense. Uh, now, Classic Jeff is my boy. Always, always kind of love Classic Jeff. Also had one of the best running backs in the league who was kind of ahead of his time. It's all about Westbrook. I, I get that. But I'm talking about before B. West, right? Because when they got B. West, they had adequate receivers. This was before B. West, right? Uh, last one I'll read is... That's about it. Oh, this is another defense. Jim Johnson on defense, Harbaugh on special teams. Listen, I I, I understand that. We're going to bring it up, and I'm not talking about the team success. I'm talking about the offensive success. And I think it's going to be a continued argument that we're going to have. One guy, I'll give you this one guy through on Twitter that he thinks they they trade Carson to Miami. Right for my for the next for two first round picks and then draft Joe Burrows with their first pick this year, like th- this is how this is how deep it's gotten now that people are now jumping off the Wentz wagon quick, and and I think it's because uh, I'm not going to say expectations, you know everything was going great right when Carson came in 
until he tore that ACL. Mm. And and we've talked about this on the show. The worst thing that could have ever happened for Carson Wentz was Nick Foles to win a Super Bowl. Mm. What well, was the Eagles to win a Super Bowl without Carson Wentz? Mm-hmm. Because now you can't get away from that narrative. You can't get away from that vision. You can't get away from it. It's consistently going to happen. You're always going to be compared to Nick Foles. You're always going to be asked, can you win the big game? Oh, you know what? Here's another one. Ready for this? That was Steve Young with Joe Montana. I don't want to hear that stuff. What do you mean? Steve Young was backed up Joe Montana for years. Right. And then got an opportunity. Oh, you're older. Yeah, okay. And then wasn't Joe Montana until he won a Super Bowl. That was it. I mean, that was if, – if you don't want to play the game, don't think. Go sit down and go hunting, Carson. That's nope. going to happen for the rest of your life. You're going to be compared. Well, I'll tell you what. Listen to this stat, okay? So, th- this is this is tweeted out by Jess Kaversky on, on 6ABC. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz in the fourth quarter in 2019. One touchdown pass, tied for worst in the NFL. 33rd worst completion percentage. 32nd worst quarterback rating. Zero comebacks. Only one game-winning drive, two interceptions, most out of any quarter, and last touchdown pass in the fourth quarter was September 22nd. Dude, they are dreadful numbers. So, I, you know, we, we could talk about, again, we could talk about the receivers, we could talk about the drops, we could talk about the play calling, but, you know, at the end of the day, right, at the end of the day, let me ask you something. I'm going to throw you on the spot right now. And I, I am, and I, I, and I know it's going to be far-fetched. Everybody say it's far-fetched. But you take Russell Wilson and make him the quarterback on this team with those receivers, are we a better team? They're going to play for Russell. But but but, but what I'm asking yes. is, right, yes. are, are, are they yes. Are they going to make plays? Yeah. Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl and was right. in a Super Bowl. Who was Doug and- Baldwin before Russell Wilson? Yeah. He Nobody. Was, he was yeah. – Nobody. Russell Wilson made Doug Baldwin, mm-hmm. and that is my point. Carson Wentz should be making a receiver. So, right to go with your point, then, I'll put you on the yeah. spot. I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? You're going to say, well, if we draft a DK Metcalf or... No, yeah, I'm going to okay. say get rid of Carson then. If he's, if he's already not the guy, if he's not the guy... I'm not ready to give up. I'm not. I'm Russell not Wilson was up. Russell Wilson day one. He laced up the spikes to play for Seattle. Yeah, but this, he won a starting. Pa- he's won the starting job. You're right, but he hasn't had to face this kind of adversity, right? You you got to you you have. Listen, he didn't have to go through an ACL tear. He had to go through a Super Bowl run where he was on the sideline. He didn't have to have a backup come in and basically take his job. Okay. and take his locker All right, room. So now I'll go a step further. Now you know. You seen what Carson was capable of in 2017? Yes. When he had the pieces around him. Yes. So every person that blames Carson right now or questions Carson has to question Howie Roseman and the organization. Oh, everybody's for a not yes. plugging in the personnel and not taking the opportunities when you screwed up the draft to do it in free agency. So everybody that's pissed at Carson, rightfully so. They, they better be spitting out Howie Roseman's name right along with it and blaming him. I don't disagree. Carson is not the guy. He's a piece. I hate to tell everybody that. He's a piece. Well, he's not getting paid like a piece, Dave. Well, I didn't pay him. <laughs> I didn't pay him. That's I'm the, just saying he's, get, he's not getting paid like a piece. That's all I got to say. That's not his fault. I don't know. We Look, he's... <laughs> I know. Two, two weeks ago, look, Wentz hasn't been playing good. 
But now all of a sudden the Patriots game, and now he's the worst quarterback in the league. It's not he's the worst quarterback in the league. No, I'm saying that is the tone from everybody in Philly. You know what I mean? It's all Wentz, 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 Wentz. All right? There's a lot of things going on. you got to look at what this dude, the pressure that he was under. And, you know, you say offense, the defense ain't helping. That's for sure. You know what I mean? So – so he feels the burden of possibly having to carry an offense that is going to be able to make up for that defense. He got to carry the burden of, okay, drops, whatever, call it what, what it is. The Super Bowl hangover that inevitably happens. And, I mean, we we say, you know, was it a magical year? Everything just was clicking, okay? Yep. So I'm sorry unless you're anybody but the Patriots. It's only down from there, Okay. So all this weight, all these things, then he's battling with the injuries in the back. You know, we talk about why doesn't he scramble like McNabb. Well, last time he did that, he tore up his knee and all these things. So I asked him to scramble. Uh, no, I know. But all I'm saying is you look at what he, this is his third year, correct? You look at what he's gone through and kind of what the expectations are. I'm just saying I'm not ready to give up on him. And wait three weeks. You got the Seattle game. Give me two more games, and I want to hear what the attitude is about Wednesday. Okay, well, and that's not to say because it's going to be against lesser competition, right. so it's not going to say. So I don't want to hear it. I understood, but sometimes it takes a couple wins to get into a groove and to find out what your identity is and be able to stick to it. But the play calling's not there. No, it's not. But here's here's going to piss me off. Exactly what you're saying about the lesser competition, right? But two weeks ago, actually like four weeks ago, you know, we were all hyped up about all the teams and the players we had in this city. Now we got two guys that are supposed to be superstars. They're scared. One's Carson Wentz and one's Ben Simmons, right? So we got two guys in this town that are freaking scared. Ben's scared to shoot. Carson's scared to throw. What is that? Like, you know, and, and I got two coaches in Doug and Ben that are completely in question, right? So let's get right. Listen, I, we talked enough on the Eagles, okay? I, you know, we're already halfway through the show. We're beating this to death, and I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I, I hope to God this all works out. I hope we can look back on this conversation six months from now and be like, you know, we were nuts, dude. What are we talking about? I, I, right? I really do. I do, and, and 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 for everybody listening out there, that's the one thing. Like they always get you, like, oh, you're so negative. You're so no, man. I'm being realistic. Do you think I want this to happen? No, not, not at all. Right? We don't want this to happen, uh-uh. but we have to talk about it. So let's get to the Sixers, okay? Let's get to the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, and let's get well, what the hell is going on with Ben Simmons, okay? I, and and again, you know, I'm I'm not going to throw the people out there. But I'm being told there's a lot of stuff going on in that team. And I think we can all see it anyway. Uh, guys don't want to play for this coach. Here, there's a lot of, uh, listen, a lot of dissension on this team. Okay. All, you know, a lot of that stuff that came out about, you know, Joe, Joe kind of being favorites and, you know, it's kind of happening. Joe Joe came out the other night, went right on Twitter. What'd he say in an interview? Yeah, in order for us to win, Ben has to shoot more. Listen, that that's coming from Joe LMB. So there's some stuff going on in that team I don't think we're all aware of. And I think the coach on the hot seat. I do. But Rightfully my, so. my issue, again, you know, there's a reason why when, when when that trade talk was going on. And I, you know, I wish I threw this on Twitter 
again, and it was overwhelming, yes over no. If you know what you knew now, and you could go back in time, when Kawhi Leonard was part of the San Antonio Spurs, and they said the conversation starts with Ben Simmons as trade, and everybody in this town were like, no way am I giving up a 21-year-old superstar and all this. Yeah, 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 right? Would you go back and make that deal? Let me tell you something. I would have made that deal then. I never said, nah, nah, nah. I said, yes. I was on on record, and people still think I'm nuts, for saying I would have traded Ben Simmons for Paul George, okay, two years ago. I, I... Listen, it is what only because I knew what I was getting with Paul George at that time, right? right. Now, obviously, it looks a little ridiculous, but now maybe it really doesn't. Mm. Because if Ben's only going to be what he is, what good is he right. to this team? So, Kawhi, at that time, my question mark would have only been his health. I think if anybody would have said no to getting Kawhi Leonard over Ben Simmons, they really didn't know what Kawhi Leonard was. I, that's what it was. He played you know, on the West he, Coast. At that point, he was an MVP of, yes. the, of the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, finals. Right. And, and anyway, now right, and we didn't see him in Toronto. Right. Remember, right. we didn't see him yeah. against us mm. when everybody was like, "What? Yo, yeah, I haven't seen a player like this since Jordan." Right. Exactly. Right. 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 We talked about that. So I've been, you know, I've been a Brett Brown supporter up until, and I've been a hater up until now. And there's reasons why uh, I, I feel I've changed my stance is, is because those guys are <laughs> – the players aren't listening. They're not. They're doing what they want. Yep. That that score – that was a tie game with Joel and Bede uh, against the Denver Nuggets, had the ball two feet in from the three-point line. Yep. Why are they giving him the ball there? Right. Why are they giving him the ball there, right? Joel and Bede has pissed me off. His turnover – he refuses – to figure out to keep the ball up when he's low post and he tries to dribble low post and his back is to the basket, that's an automatic turnover. Automatic. They double it right away. We teach our 11-year-old girls not to do that. They don't turn the ball over in that situation because they learn because if they do it, we take them out of the game, number one. I know you're not doing that with these superstars, but they learn it because they're smart enough not to want to get it done again. This kid continually happens to him. I know. Ben... Refuses to shoot. Refuses to shoot the ball. Shoot the ball, man. Shoot shoot the basketball. I don't care if you miss. Shoot the basketball. So so if you're the coach, if you're Brett Brown, what do you do? If your superstar refuses to shoot the ball, what do you do? I go to social media out loud and I say, I'm telling this kid every day to do this and he doesn't do it. What? <laughs> okay. What else are you doing? Now you're right. What else? What, what? What can you do? Do you think he's not drawing a play up for him to shoot? No, I don't think he's doing it. Really? Yes. Yes. And he's got to go. Well, that's what that, that's go. my point. Why my po- wouldn't a coach draw a play up? You know why? For, for a point Because Dave, guess what? If he did, it would be happening. If he if he did, it would be happening, and it's not happening. You think Brett Brown is deciding not to let? He's. What he's doing is, I think Brett Brown is playing both sides, right? I think Brett Brown's saying, yes, you know what? Ben, you keep doing your thing, creating opportunities for everybody. But I need you to really start to shoot the ball if you have the opportunity. He's not devising a game plan around Ben to be able to shoot the ball. He's not drawing up plays for Ben to be open. He's not doing that. He's not doing that. And I think it's the only way you get him past this. 
Because I'd like to see if they do devise a game plan like that and what he does. All right, so that's interesting. I don't know. I, I say wait for a blowout. Get him in there. Have him fake drive the lane and then do a fadeaway with his tongue out like Jordan and see if he hits it. What? Why the hell not? Hey, what are you talking about? Dude, he got to shoot the ball. Obviously, telling him to shoot the ball ain't working. I, I Yeah, but John, I don't think he's telling him to shoot the ball. That's the problem. Well, nobody knows what the hell's going on. I think Brett he Brown should, is look, worried about being his best friend. That he is regardless. He knows that he needs to shoot the ball. He knows it's good for the team if he shoots the ball. And so if he's not doing it, then he you're just not getting through his thick skull. I mean, I, that that's my opinion. Ben, if it, you you have a guy in work that's capable of doing certain things, and he's and he and he's just for whatever reason he doesn't do them. What do you I, do? I'm challenging him. I'm you're, challenging them. You're challenging them? you yeah, got so something what, that needs to get done. Yes. Your job's on the line. Yes. I, I've done it three times now where he's decided not to do it. You know what I'm doing? I'm going, eh, uh, you're out. I'm not using you anymore. You've proven that you don't well, want to. Or go, I'm going to get the guy that does it. You're, you just you just flipped the script, though. You just talked about deadlines, something that has to be done. You just asked me if you have a guy that's not doing something that you know he's capable to do. I'm saying I would challenge him. But if I have something that's a deadline and I need something to get done, well, now, dude, either you're doing it or you're going home. It's simple as that. And I'll get somebody else that can. I, I, I ref- this is part of my defense of Brett Brown. But now, here's the – I don't – I'm getting rid of Brett Brown, not because I don't think he's a good coach. It's because these guys aren't listening to him. He's not getting the most out of his men. He's not. He, it, he's the not. only guy that he gets through to is the 13-year-old vet who play, who's been playing awesome. Al Horford. Yes. Why? I don't know. Because he's mature, he <laughs> understands the game, and he respects his coach. Here, here's there's a lot of per, it's personalities. Oh, huge personalities is yeah. No, you're right. I mean, think about think about the task at hand. You gotta you gotta figure out Simmons and Embiid and whatever Tobias brings in. I you're I, right. Horford is the only guy that's a, a vet that's trusty that is playing team ball and is only worried about putting wins on the board. He don't care if he scores four points or forty points. He it's irrelevant. He, he doesn't care if he's showing up the crowd. Nope. He doesn't care if he's doing his nope. boxing yep. thing. He ain't got time. He for doesn't that. care. No. He doesn't care if I'm shooting or not shooting. Yeah, you're Things going to dynamics. work. Dynamics, right? And, you and go to work. What and, ultimately is the problem is the immaturity of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and this town doesn't have time for it anymore. They don't. And what's going to happen is they're going to move. A good coach. They're going to get rid of him because of those two immature players. Yeah, but let me ask you something. You know, like John just talked about, and it's one of the things I can't stand when people say about, you know, personalities and, and we have to sit there. We have to see how they fit. Listen, I'm going to say one guy's name. It's named Brad Stevens. Okay. Brad Stevens. Does anybody see what Brad Stevens doing in Boston? He lost his best player. Arguably lost his two best players. And Kyrie Irving and Al Horford, right? And what's he doing out there? He lost Gordon Hayward again. Again. And what's he doing? Just winning. Do you see people say, oh, these guys have to gel. I don't know how he's going to get them to play together. I don't know what he's going to do. All he does is win no matter who the players are. How come when Russell Westbrook went to Houston, does everybody say, oh, we have to wait for Russell and, uh, and James Harden to learn how to play together? No. 
No, because you as a coach are supposed to know what their strengths and weaknesses are and put them in a proper position to make the proper plays. And I'm sorry, Brett can't do it. If he could, we wouldn't have these issues. I'm sorry. And, and, and yes, it is Ben who can't. Yeah, but you know what? If you drill down to Joel and you uh, bully ball, right? We're going to play bully ball. What, what happened to bully ball? I have no idea. Right? But you don't see Brett saying anything about it. And from what I hear, he, he shows a lot of favoritism towards a lot of certain people. I hear it's caused dissension among the team. There's problems on that bench. There's problems in the locker room. I'm sorry, but Brett's going to have to go. Brett's going to have to go because if, if you spent all that money on Tobias and all that money on Horford and you max it out MB, you're maxing out Ben, and, you, and you're still can't get past the Celtics, and you still give me a break with Milwaukee. Stop. And Indiana, come on. They didn't even get El Depot back. Once they get Victor back, look out. I mean, we were supposed to be the kings of the East. The kings of the East. And I'm tired when our record, everybody's, oh, there's a couple good wins. Oh, we blew Cleveland out. Yeah, the same team you almost lost to. <laughs> yeah. Right? The same team you almost lost to. Mm-hmm. And let's be the real team. Like, we're talking about the Eastern Conference, these low, like, these schlubs. I don't care about those games. The Knicks, the Nets. Stop. When they play good teams, they get embarrassed. That Denver game was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. They came back for that 21-point deficit. That, that's insane. It's insane. To a team that's supposed to be a defensive team. Oh, yeah. dude. It, it gets me so fired up because it's the same thing every year. Same thing. And Do we overhype oh. our programs or what no I, no you know what i used to think that dave but it's this is that you know what it's not just us nationally they're overhyping us because they they were all in on the sixers yeah. everybody was in on the sixers yeah everybody was in on the eagles mm-hmm. everybody so i don't think we're overhyping them at all i don't want to do it anymore i i, I don't <laughs> it's it's upsetting man it is it's, it really it, it is really, upsetting it really bugs me that it is it just seems so obvious. Some of the things that are going wrong just seem really obvious, don't they? They really I, do. I mean, I, I'm all for getting rid of Brett. But I, I disagree. I think he's a good coach. I, I know he is a good, good coach. I, I just don't think they're playing for him. And no. you got to get a guy in here that to get these young kids, they need to be spoken to the right way. You don't have to worry about Al Horford, whether you're a young coach, Who, old coach. Let me ask you this. Who's that guy? We don't know. Yeah, I, we I don't, don't know. I don't know who it is. Like, I, do, do we know I'm, who? So that's a great no, question. I'm, because I'm saying you got look when you brought up the, Kevin uh, Ollie when, when you brought up you know Westbrook and Harden playing together, but it, on the opposite side you brought up the Celtics, and what I see is the difference. They don't have the prima donnas. Who Celtics? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yo, I wouldn't be too sure about that. They well, did, and Kyrie Irving's a prima donna. Right, but right. You, were, you were talking about now right. the way they're playing. Right, I'm just saying I see that is the big difference, and you got to you know, I, I and I'm just thinking out who who is the guy that's going to be able to get Ben to do what he needs to do and and B to do what he needs to do and bring this all together. Like I don't, I don't know who that guy is. Jordan, Phil, Phil Jackson, well, that, that's, Michael Jordan, Phil Jackson was the, <laughs> was the one guy that I was. Phil Jackson might be able to do it. Well, yeah, Phil Jackson's done. I'm, uh, no, I know. I'm not saying it's realistic. You, yeah. you have and, to find and, the next Brad Stevens. And Dave also said Michael Jordan, and I, I don't know, maybe. you got to find the next Brad Stevens. 
I don't know if you're going to get a guy. There's that, an assistant coach out there somewhere that's just waiting for an opportunity. Uh, honestly, there's an. And you, you know think, what? You think you think if they bring in an assistant coach that Embiid and Simmons are going to listen to that guy? No. <laughs> really? How about they bring in a girl? <laughs> no, okay. I don't Bring, think yo, that's going to happen. Why not? Either. Bring in the assistant from San Antonio. I don't think they will listen to she, a, any. She's assistant been an assistant in. for the last four years, and she will be the first head coach female in the NBA. I, I would never say no to that. And I, all I'm saying is, why not? Give it this a shot. Has, we gave has, Chip Kelly a shot. This has nothing to do with male or no, female. No. What I'm saying is, with that team and that caliber of players. I'm not bringing in someone's assistant coach to be my head coach. He, John's talking period. about established yeah, coaches. But, but you yes. have to. I'll, st- I'll stick it out with Brett Brown before I do that. Yeah, why? What has he established? I don't, he he established at least you could get to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Well, your goal is supposed to be greater than that. Right, and right. I, don't th- I don't think the players are going to listen to someone that comes over as an assistant coach from a team and get – where they're supposed to be. Yeah, John's saying, give me somebody that has rings on their finger. Maybe yeah, well, they, they don't just That's fall off the tree. Down no, there, they don't. Right? I don't know who it, who it could be. Yeah, I, I'm just saying that is what I envision the only type of person that's going to come in and be able to gain the locker room, gain the players <coughs> to work the, towards it. How about the other Brown? You, you know, maybe. here's a funny part about that. I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing this out there, right? Uh, obviously, he's too old, but we, when you're talking about guys to hold somebody accountable, right? Brett Brown to hold. Well, it's just like Larry Brown, right? You need, like Larry Brown did for AI. You need that. You need that from Brett. And, you know, Larry, he was protective of Allen, and he did a lot of things to kind of protect him. But he also challenged him. He benched him at times. Mm-hmm. He suspended him. You think Brett Brown's doing that with Ben? Nope. Joel? Nope. That's the problem. You need somebody who's going to challenge these guys, and I don't think they're challenged enough. Listen, Ben Simmons went a whole offseason, and he still can't shoot a free throw. Still can't shoot a free throw. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You mean just one offseason? I mean, well, I'm just saying. Yeah, like, know. you know, you're, you're, you're watching. He just started it. this game last year. Maybe he should have stopped shooting all them threes and shot a couple free throws. Holy shit. I, 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 it boggles my mind, man. It just boggles yeah, my I'm mind. Bobby Knight. Bring him in. Dude, how old do you think Bobby he'll, Knight He'll is? start yeah. throwing chairs yeah. at him. He's got to be 80. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, know, you, you bring in Calipari. Oh, who, was, who was the um, – Get Calipari out. Who, who was the uh, Dallas, Dallas Mavericks owner? Mark Cuban. Dude, get him to coach. Oh, he, you want he, Cuban? He might, he might be able to dangle some uh, carrots in front of him somehow. Think about – you know, it's a good question. Go on with this. Let's think about – you say Phil Jackson, right? If you go back about 30 years, what coach in their prime do you think could get the best out of this team? Besides Phil Jackson, if you go back and you look at the, like the last thirty years, like what kind of co- who who do you think could get the best out of his team? Like what what you know I you know even go back forty guy, years. Our guy, Daly. I was just going to say. I was going to say. Look at a guy like Chuck Daly, right? He coached at Penn. He he coached he coached Savants. This guy he I mean like a Phil Jackson they called a Zen. Right. Daly yep. was that guy that that played mind games and he was and just, great. And was the, got the most out of all of his players, wh- whoever they were. The Dream Team, yep. the Pistons. I mean, that dude was a genius. Who, who was the guy for the Heat? Pat Riley? 
Yeah, what about Pat Riley? Pat slick back Pat Riley. What He's another Pat Riley. Lakers coach for He was underrated. Mm. Pat Riley mm. was underrated. He was a good coach. Mm. Real good coach. Pat, Pat Riley was good. You know who was a really good coach? He, he, really he was quirky. a smooth guy. You know what George I mean? George like, Carl. Yeah. George Carl was a good coach. Paul Westfall was a good coach. Jerry Sloan was a good coach. Yeah, jazz. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, 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 there's a lot of good coaches. Now, think about what you just said, though. Let's, let's go back 30 years. Okay. You'd coach different kids, yes. different players. These yeah. these kids, they yeah, don't have right. to deal with reality. They don't know how to deal with uh, too many different things. Structure, it's, authority. Yeah, you know, I hate saying those things because, I mean, I just watched recently Ben Simmons and his workouts and how hard this kid physically works on getting better at the game. And it was phenomenal. I mean, his, his, his drive – to become awesome w- was really fun to watch, and I-, I don't care what you say. You you would you would enjoy watching it. You would f- feel some, you know, uh, quality towards Ben Simmons watching him. You would feel for him. You know, like I- I'm going to root for this kid. You know, uh, it's just so it's the the dynamics are so weird. Why why I've never seen a professional at any level refuse to do the thing that this kid needs to do. That's like asking, and he has to that's know like asking that he a pitcher to not to throw a fastball. You're asking a basketball player not to shoot a jump shot. Mm-hmm. That's like asking the quarterback not to throw a forward pass. You know, Dude, you, you can't. You got to shoot a jump shot. Man, hey, screw it. Put Simmons underneath and put Embiid running point. <laughs> he wants to be out at the three point line anyway, shooting oh, threes. No, might man. as well. Stick him out there, imagine? and Simmons wants to be on, underneath getting all of his shots within two feet so he don't miss. I said my house last year, Embiid for Jokic, straight up. I'll tell you what, Jokic is looking out of shape, but he's still uh, – He's a real deal, he, man. Uh, who's a real deal is Luka Doncic. Oh, Luka, well, he's got – I think he's got the most triple doubles in NBA history before he turned 21 years old. Unbelievable. He's got more than Jordan, and he's – or not Jordan, he's got more than Magic Johnson – and LeBron James before he was twenty one. Yeah, it's unreal. It's, yeah, he's he's stud. Unreal, but hey, listen, man. All we got to do is hope this all comes together. We'll see what happens. It's a long the end of the year. season. It's a long season. I get Look, it. You and, and, up one month, down the next. Up one. You down never the know. Next. I mean, you know, you get a guy like you know, the Houston just uh, released Chris Anderson. He's a shooter. Another guy like a Kyle Korver. Maybe pick somebody up like that. Throw him on the bench. I don't know. See what happens. You know, obviously this team will change a little bit going forward. But uh, you know, we got a long, like John said, long road ahead. It just, you know, I just wish somebody could get through to Ben and change him around. Uh, but we talked about we finished. We got about ten minutes left. And one thing I want to touch on, and I noticed we'll get an interesting response out of a lot of people. But you know, obviously the the vote for the MLB Hall of Fame is coming up. Uh, I think we go through the same thing every year. And we start talking about players and the steroid era. Are these guys ever going to get in? And it brings up Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds again. And the question is, do they finally get in? Do they get in? Because their 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 votes are inching up every single year. The percentage is getting there every single year. So I think it's inevitable that they do both get in. Uh, I really do. I think they will both go in. But if you know when and if they do both go in, do they go in with asterisks next to their name, or do they go in as being the great players that they were? 
Uh, Dave, I got, I, I got to, I mean, I, I know it, you're, you're, you're a hardcore baseball guy. That's national pastime to you. You're a traditionalist. Okay. I know it. I know you. And so I think you're the perfect guy to answer this question. Uh, you know, how, do, how would you feel about Barry Bonds being in the Hall of Fame? Oh, first I, of all, Barry, Barry Bonds to me was, was, if not the best baseball player to ever live, he's the second. First, in my opinion, would be uh, Willie Mays. So, I mean, that's a tough question. I both of them, Roger. I looked up to those guys. You know, it's disappointing to know that they they had drugs to help them get better. Um, I, I know that they didn't need it to get into the Hall of Fame. Their numbers without those drugs, they still would have been Hall of Fame players. So. It clouds a lot of people's judgment. I don't honestly, I don't want to say it this way uh, that I don't have a problem with them getting in. But if you're going to put them in, then Pete Rose needs to be in. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, um, so it's a very sticky situation, right? Because you you have young kids, and 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 someday, hopefully, if we live long enough, we're going to have grandkids. Yep. And they're going yep. to ask. They're going to ask. Hey, hey, pop. Think about this is where how goofy my brain gets. I know. You 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 like Barry Bonds. You said he was great. He did drugs, pop. Yeah, you're right, son. You're right. So so where where are your morals, where are your values hold you and in, in the in the aspect of putting people on a pedestal? Right? So this is this is the question. And this is something that um, you know, for a long time, I had a problem with Lawrence Taylor, right? I wrote a letter to Lawrence Taylor when I was a child because he was my favorite player. I had a 56 Giants shirt, and I'm an Eagles fan. LT, baby. Right? Um, so you you have to ask yourself these questions. Where do I stand with this? And where's my morals? Where's my ethics? And how do I want people to see me? You're okay with this guy doing drugs, getting into the Hall of Fame? Well, yeah, maybe I am. But here's the thing. There you go. There's always one. Well, well let me ask you, because you brought up, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. You mentioned about, make a good point. You know, your, grandchild, your grandchild comes up to you and says, hey, Grandpa, you know, Barry Bonds your favorite player, but he did drugs, right? Mm. So why can't your answer be like our parents always told us or what we tell our kids when they said, smoking's bad for your health, son, but Pop-Pop used to smoke all the time. Make him a bad guy? Right, but you just what your answer to him is, you know. Unfortunately, son, that was that was the times back then. That was something that they did because it was more than Barry Bonds, it was more than Roger Clemens, it was half the friggin' Major League Baseball Association, mm-hmm. right? So why can't that be the answer? Why can't the answer be well? That was something back then that they did that no that we don't agree with. Obviously, we don't condone because this is going to happen in different eras all the time. There's going to be different mm-hmm. things that people do, whether it be in college, guys accepting money, mm-hmm. okay, things of that nature. Okay, does that mean you can't like the player? I get it. You you know morals or not, there's always going to be things that our kids are going to compare to back in the day that we didn't agree with that we're going to have to cover up somehow, some way, yeah. right? And to me, it's an easy answer. It's little Johnny. It's, hey, little Johnny, listen. Barry, yeah, Barry did some things he probably shouldn't have done. But it wasn't just Barry. Unfortunately, at that time, in that era, they were all these guys were doing that. And it was wrong, yes. But, you know, he was still playing at a level 
that was well beyond anybody else. Because here's going to be the next question. Barry Bonds, seven MVPs. Unquestioned, one of the best players of all time, right? Mike Trout has four. Mm -hmm. Mike Trout's probably going to get three more. Mm -hmm. But here's my issue. I love Mike Trout, Mm -hmm. but he's not Barry Bonds. He's so pretty, pretty close, right? But he, but he's not, he's not Barry Bonds, Dave. He's not exciting as Barry Bonds. Yeah, but you know what? For how old Trout is, when did Barry Bonds really get exciting? Because his first handful of years with the Pirates, he was a good player. He great, maybe, but he didn't become fearful. You know, people fearing him as a hitter really until he went to the Giants. You you put Mike Trout on a team like the like that. Barry Bonds had with the Giants for for four years, surround that guy with players. He's going to be even better. His team hasn't never made the playoffs. Yeah, but I'm talking about as an individual player. Yeah, but you, Mike you're Trout's in, never going to get walked with the bases loaded. <laughs> he might. Mike Trout's not getting walked with the bases loaded. Listen to me. Dave, I'm he's a, not. Yeah, but Barry, not. Bond, Barry Bonds wouldn't have got walked with the bases loaded at Trout's age right now in his career. Yeah, but I'm saying Mike Trout never will. You can't well, say I, that. I, yeah, I, I, I can't. I don't know. Can. Yeah, I can. You, you can, but you don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> I'm just, like, like I'm saying, like, if, if I'm watching games, like when I watch, I, I, I get it, John, you're saying Pirates, but if I watch, you know, San Francisco Giants game and I'm watching Barry, it's must-see TV. It's Sports Center every time, whether it's Roids or not. Does it matter? Nobody is flipping over to watch the Mike Trout at bat like they were Barry Bonds. I'm not taking anything away from Mike Trout because, yes, naturally, he is the most gifted athlete we'll probably ever see in our lifetime. Okay, but he's not Barry Bonds in my opinion. And, and and to to just signal out one guy for a, a whole era of 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 roid rage, okay? Bud Selig knew this was going on. He was pad his pockets every chance he could get. <laughs> Remember Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. Remember this was from the after the strike year that they were having a problem bringing people back into the seats. This is when attendance was at an all-time low. So, no, he didn't stop it. He definitely knew. But here's the issue that I have, even though Barry Bonds was doing it. I'm going to bring up Brady Anderson. Brady Anderson, one year, 50 home runs, right? One year. Well, if you're doing it and you don't have that kind of ability, then you're Brady Anderson. But when you do it, it shows that it just wasn't the steroids that made Barry Bonds great. It was because of what he had as a ability. Yeah, he didn't need the steroids. Uh, listen, to, 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 but the steroids didn't make him hit the home runs, Dave. I'm sorry. It didn't make him hit the home runs. They do help. It does help your eyes. Listen, it may help your eyes, right? But does it help you guess what pitch? No. Does it help you study game film? No. I say pitch locations, pitch speed. None of that. I it agree. does. It does two things. What do they do? It. it it quick. It makes your hands quicker, your bats be faster, right? And it makes your eyes focus faster, right? Yeah. But when you're pitching, I mean, you're batting against Roger Clemens, who's also doing roids. <laughs> isn't it a wash? No. Why? 
Because Barry was better. Yeah, but what I'm saying, you're both doing it. <laughs> yeah, Come I on, know. man. I know. Throw me a solid here. No, listen, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand your argument. I'm going to flash about it because Barry I'm, was my favorite player. Ever. I'm going to I'm going to tell you that the other side of the fence of it. I'm going to tell you why people have an issue with no, I get put, it. putting him in and Roger in. It's not just Barry, right? It's 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 a couple of It's several of them. Uh, um, more than just Barry. Who Who's the, uh, the first baseman for the Texas uh, – Rangers for years. Juan Rafael Gonzalez or Palmero, Mark Teixeira. Yeah, yeah. Palmero. Palmero was another roid guy too. He got caught with it. Mike Piazza did roids. He's in the he Hall got, of Fame. He got caught. He's in the Hall of Fame. I didn't know he got caught. He him. didn't get look, caught, I, I, but I, he did him. I lumped the the roids thing. Look, it was prevalent back in that time. Look, mm-hmm. right now, you know, the, Jeff Bagwell. Well, there there was the juicing of the ball. Then then you got the passing game that there is in the NFL today. How that about wasn't the court bats, the pine yeah, tar? Right. Oh, there was always There's, things used. Yes. Well, no matter Schmitt, what, Mike Schmidt's error said it was they were on amphetamines. It's quite Known possible. Fact. Well, well babe, that's what he said. Didn't Babe Ruth get uh, drunk before games? I don't. I don't know. Ty Cobb. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Ty. I mean, but you look at these. Look. Their stats are their stats, and you know I believe that you should be in the Hall of Fame for what you did for the game. There's some nice, not so nice people, maybe personalities in this and that, but that's where the stories come. This guy was an amazing athlete, but he did steroids. That was, I mean, there's a story along this. Otherwise, it's just freaking numbers. And you Mickey go, Mantle. other, yeah. Otherwise, it's just numbers, and you lop it off at the top, whatever, 5% and call it a day. There is no discussion. So, I mean, I think, look, if the stats are there, you get them in, and, and the conversation that happens, I mean, Pete Rose, whatever, that whole debacle with you know with all of his gambling and this and that, should he get in, shouldn't he get in? Look, don't know, but if the stats are there and he was, he was that much of a player – in the time that he played, I feel that they deserve to go to the Hall of Fame. That's uh, me. I agree. And I'm going to end it with that because we're out of time. But that's a great discussion. And Boom. I'm sure once we post this and once we add this in there, we're going to get a lot of conversation like we did with the McNabb and Carson Wentz kind of deal. So, uh, again, episode 91, we're inching ever so close to 100. Uh, I'm going to let everybody know now we got a little, little surprise. Might, you know. Just going to tease it out there. Could be a fourth member coming to the show pretty soon. Uh, you know, we'll get all the details shortly. Uh, but we never know. You know, I'm not sure who it is, but I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty confident that everybody will, will like the play-by-play that goes on uh, when this this person joins us. So again, as always, thanks for everybody's support and give us a, you know, give us a download, give us a tweet, give us a follow. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, again, uh, reviews are huge. They help us a lot. Uh, for your host, Tony Cotilla at Cotilla 23 John Coger at PGH John 36 and Coach Dave Dixon at Coach Dixon 365 We will see you next week. Uh, same time, same channel, and same subscription or same whatever the hell you call it. I don't even know. Same, same, uh, what, you, what the hell do you even call it? Same nonsense. Same nonsense? <laughs> Provider. Yeah, there you go. I like that. I like your uh, cell phone provider. All right, everybody. Have a great week. Peace.